Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 31. And today, I am here, not by myself. We have a special guest episode today, talking about the March Madness Tournament. Got a good friend from high school going to the University of Tennessee, Jacob Sinkowski. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Joshua. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, no problem. I'm definitely excited as well. I mean, I talked about it yesterday in the podcast. My excitement for March Madness. I'm so happy that it's back. We've got an awesome tournament, and today we're just going to talk all about it. We've got upset picks, sleepers to go far, even long shot upsets, big matchups, dangerous high seas. We've got it all. And um, anyways, before we hop in, uh, so you do go to Tennessee, so you've definitely seen uh, some SEC basketball. So just give us give us your take on and give the viewers an insight of what Tennessee basketball has been like this season. Uh, Tennessee basketball has been a little disappointing this season, to be completely honest. We had high expectations coming in. Beginning of the season, we missed like the first two weeks because of COVID. Obviously, we were supposed to play teams like Gonzaga to really see how good we were going to be. We ended up missing that game. We could have played Villanova. We missed that game, too. Um, We were we had a lot of high expectations that really did not um, happen. I guess we're a good defensive team, but our offense really becomes stagnant a lot and we don't have many great scores. Um, our defense can win us games, I think, but if our offense just can't score, our defense isn't going to do enough. Our leading score only averages 12 and a half points per game. So there's no one, no really go-to guy that can lead us to wins. So yeah, we're here. We are, we're a five seed had higher expectations, but still have confidence in the tournament, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was some good insight there because I watched uh, Tennessee's game against Alabama and they had that 15 point lead and then kind of collapsed towards the end. And um, they, they have some good players. Keon Johnson, most notably, he's, he's going to be a future lottery pick, apparently. Um, but I did see that uh, towards the down the end of the stretch when they kind of needed a bucket, there wasn't necessarily that go to guy. I guess it was Johnson a little bit in that scenario. But thing is, defense can really win you games in the tournament. And it seems like Tennessee, I actually really like their draw against Oregon State. I know they're a hot Pac-12 team right now, but I don't have much faith in the Pac-12 itself to really have a team to to be really good, especially with Oregon not being as good as they normally are or a team like Arizona. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think Tennessee definitely um, I see offensively where they could possibly struggle, but with the tournament, definitely uh, anything can happen. And and when going back to that Alabama game, what was your, I guess, big take from that? Um, I think the key missing piece for us was John Fulkerson being out our main leader, our senior leader who's been there for basically five years now he was out after the Florida game where he got elbowed in the face and broke his face um he doesn't score a lot he averages about like 10 points maybe six rebounds but he's the heart and soul of our team everyone looks to him as the leader of our team as the voice of the volunteers and without him it's a big missing piece whether or not he's scoring and I think if he's not playing in the first round, it'll be a big loss. And it might be the reason they win or lose in the first round against Oregon State. Yeah, I mean, and that that elbow is just nasty. It, it looked very intentional um, from the yeah. Florida player. Yeah, and um, 
like you said, losing a piece like that. And I talked about it a little bit yesterday with Isaiah Livers with Michigan, which which we'll get into, and a little bit with Villanova with Colin Gillespie. Losing a big piece like that, especially like the heart and soul of your team, you know, uh, senior, been there for a few years. Uh, that that's a big loss for teams like that because it seems like I mean, leader on the floor, pretty good defensively. Yeah, he's gonna put up around ten a game. Um, but it's all it's really hard towards the end of the season to make up for that loss. So hopefully he can come back because uh, with him back, I mean, again, with good defense, you can stay in a lot of games uh, in the tournament. And again, with their draw that I, I really like for them, I think uh, they could definitely win a game or two. Uh, but anyways, I tried to but, get some insider information beforehand. My brother is a good friend with John Fulkerson. Unfortunately, there's no news on his status for the game yet. He did just go on. He went on. He had a procedure on his face, facial fracture, but there's no news on his status for the game yet. We got some insider information here on 125 Unfiltered. Doesn't happen every day, but uh, let's let's hop to this tournament stuff. So I think where I want to start and everyone loves picking upsets. It's one of the best parts about making your bracket that first round. Give me a couple upsets, Jacob, uh, in the first round, maybe even second or third round uh, that, that really stick out to you. Um, I, it's pretty common to go through the 12-5 upsets. I have Winthrop winning over Villanova. Villanova is going to be without their best player who's been hurt recently. Um, I have Michigan State actually winning their first four game against UCLA and then going in and beating BYU. And then also uh, Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara winning over Creighton in the first round. Um, but yeah, uh, I also wanted to maybe touch on a possible upset that I think could happen. I don't have it picked, but I think Alabama could potentially lose to Iona in the first round. I don't know what you think about that, but I think it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually picked Alabama to go to the Final Four, but I'm not going to lie. Their draw kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, Iona, I mean, Rick Bettino, he can work his magic, and who knows what he can do. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I I, th- I really like the 12-5 upsets you had. The Winthrop one was really intriguing. I, I think the loss of Gillespie, like you said, really hurts them. He's a senior point guard averaging 14 a game. And something that I really look for in a team that can win a few games and for upset picks is having the senior or having the guard play and having it be experienced guard play. And with Villanova losing that and then Winthrop having that, in uh, Chandler Vodrin averaging 12.7 rebounds, seven assists, shooting about 38% from the three-point line. He's a triple-double threat. I believe he's had a few this season. Um, that, that, that's a big point of emphasis for that matchup for Winthrop. Uh, and then when you talk about Santa Barbara, I mean, they've lost one game since like late December. They're completely on a roll right now. Uh, the, I mean – Looking at my notes here, we got uh, uh, Ja'Cory McLaughlin, 6'4 point guard. He's averaging 16 a game, 39% from three. Again, that's another experienced guard for uh, a mid-major team that could potentially upset a team. And and the thing is, with, with Creighton, um, th- they got blown out against Georgetown, and, and that really just deterred me from having any confidence in them because they're a good shooting team. But it's all about how you're playing heading into the tournament. And that bad of a loss and that big of a game – I, I think Creighton could just could could go out early. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, a couple. Uh, so f- I also had the Winthrop's, the Santa Barbara, uh, Georgetown. 
a very common upset probably with how they're playing. They're so hot right now. Um, I, Georgetown, I feel like um, that's going to be a very common pick that I don't think will happen. I think they kind of got a little lucky with their Big East run, especially with Villanova being hurt and then obviously Creighton not being a, their highest that they could have been. I think that they're not going to do as well as a lot of people think they will. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know much about that that Colorado team. They did make the Pac-12 championship. And, yeah, those those 12-5 upsets, they can be a little deceiving at times, but uh, I am rolling with Georgetown. Uh, a couple upsets that I really want to talk about, some some long-shot upsets. Um, uh, or if, if you want to go in-depth on I- Iona a little a little bit more, or uh, so you, you, you can take it from there. I'll touch on Iona. Um, I think – Alabama obviously is a great team. They have the SEC player of the year and defensive player of the year in Herbert Jones. They have the SEC coach of the year with Nate Oates. They've been a lot better than a lot of people expected. They're a great defensive team and a great shooting team. But as we saw in the first half of the Tennessee game where they weren't making any threes, they really struggled to find their find any points. They couldn't make their shots and they went down because of it. They eventually did find their shot and came back and won against Tennessee. But if they struggle with a three, they're going to have a hard time winning. Iona is a solid team. They've made the tournament now six times in a row. They are a powerhouse in their mid-major conference. Now coming in, uh, Rick Pitino, he's a Hall of Fame coach, one of the best ever, one of the winningest coaches ever. I think if they do their job and – play as well as they can and Alabama misses their threes they have a good chance at winning and there hasn't been a 15-2 upset in like five years since middle Tennessee and I think we're due for one I think oh, those, yeah those are good points I mean uh like you said about Alabama if they really miss their shots uh any team can kind of uh come in and I feel that way about a couple other teams uh I have two long shot upsets I want to talk about one of them I picked and that's Colgate beating Arkansas. I really like this Colgate team. They shoot 30 or no, no, sorry. They shoot 40% from three point range. That is tight for third in the nation. They average 86 points a game. Jordan Burns averages 17, four and five. He shoots 42% from three. This Colgate team, they can really put up points. And I'm just not convinced when it comes to Arkansas. I know they have Moses Moody, um, future lottery pick, but with their loss to LSU in the SEC tournament, that kind of deterred me a little bit. I'm really big on how you're playing at the moment, and I know that they won a lot of games in a row before the LSU lost, but uh, I, I just don't personally see it with Arkansas. It, it, part of this is a little bit of a gut feeling. I just have full confidence in Colgate because uh, I remember a couple of years ago when they gave Tennessee a run for their money as a 15 seed, and when you are a, a lower seed team like that, and you can shoot the ball that well, you will always have a chance. And that's why I really, really like Colgate in that matchup for a 14-3 upset. And then the last game I, I want to talk about when it comes to upsets, and it's paining me to not pick this because I really want to pick this upset so bad, but I'm going to stay home, and it's the Ohio-Virginia game. This is made up to be an upset. First off, UVA is on the COVID pause. They have to quarantine. They can't go to Indy until Friday and their game is on Saturday. So you limit the practice time there. And then second off, Jason Preston, first off, what a story. 
that he has had. I mean, they talked about it during their Illinois game, but he averages 16, seven and seven. He could be a future NBA player and just his ability to, to potentially control the game and, you know, put up points. This is a really good Ohio team. And with both of the points I made combined, and this isn't the same UVA team. They're not as strong defensively. Um, Ohio could really make the upset and that, that pick is still up in the air for me. I agree with both of those. I have Arkansas losing in the second round to Texas Tech, but I could definitely see them losing to Colgate. I don't think they're as strong as they might seem with their seeding. Also, UVA losing to Ohio seems very likely to me as well. The 13-4, it's pretty, it's more common than you would think. Uh, I saw like 20, like at least one of them has won like 25 the last 35 years. And it's always a close game. Um, UVA, we saw it a few years ago with UMBC. If their defense isn't as good as they want, then they can really lose it because they're never a great offensive team. Very boring team to watch because they just don't score. And Ohio is a very good offensive team, so they could maybe just break the doors open and beat them. I don't know. Could happen. Yeah, totally, totally agree there. Um, now, uh, we, I mean, very fun talking about upsets, but at the end of the day, there might only be one or two that kind of slither through. Who do you see uh, as a sleeper that could make potentially a sweet 16 or maybe an elite eight run and quite possibly a final four run with uh, maybe around like a, like a five or five to 12 seed that could kind of sneak through a little bit, kind of like a Loyola Chicago a few years ago. I have Oregon making it to the elite eight beating, um, Iowa in this round of 32 and then beating USC in the sweet 16. Um, I think that they really, they struggled in the, uh, in the tournament, but the PAC 12 tournament, but they were very hot coming into it and they have some pretty good players. They have Chris Duarte that is a very good scorer as well as their other player, Eugene. I don't know how to say his last name. Omar Yui. They're both great scorers and they can, put together some good games and I think they're capable of beating some of the teams they're up against. Um, Also Texas tech. I have them going to the elite eight. I've been beating Ohio state and uh, yeah, I think they're a pretty good team that can string together a few good wins. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the Oregon one, I've become a bit more keen on. I actually started out picking VCU, but I switched that to Oregon and I could totally see Oregon upsetting Iowa. That, that's another pick that I'm kind of on the fence on. Uh, and I'll, I'll touch on Iowa a little bit later. Um, for me, that team is going to be San Diego state. I I'm currently deciding whether to put them past Houston Part of me really wants to because, I mean, I think San Diego State is a really good team that might have flown under the radar a little bit because they're not in a Power 5 conference. Um, they shoot they shot 40% from three uh, in league play. And, and once again, if you can shoot the ball really well, you're going to make a run. Um, and if they string a few games together where they do shoot at a high clip, uh, they could upset a team like Houston or West Virginia, uh, which they would play in the second round. Also, they're led by senior guards, Matt Mitchell, uh, he averages about 15 a game. And then you got Jordan Shackle averaging 14 and a half. So senior guard play, good shooting team. I really like San Diego State there. And another one, uh, well, I, I, I'll, I have a couple more actually. Uh, Winthrop, I have going to the Sweet 16. We kind of touched on them uh, already. Um, and then another team that 
I don't have going past the round of 32, but I have to bring them up because I brought them up yesterday. And I'm kind of scared for my fighting Illini, who I have as my champion pick. Same. Georgia Tech. I'm a little concerned. Georgia Tech is a really, really good basketball team. They they are a team who could really bust some brackets. I love Jose Alvarado. He he is just such a good player. The heart and soul of that team. So good defensively. Yeah, just like three steals a game. Plus, you've got the ACC player of the year in Moses Wright. And I said this yesterday, but they have four guys, really. But, I mean, DeVoe and Usher, those are really good pieces. They can shoot. They can score. They're long on defense. That Georgia Tech team, as long as they stay out of foul trouble against uh, a team like Illinois, or, I mean, they have to get past Loyola Chicago, which is a really good eight seed. Um, Georgia Tech could certainly bust some brackets. Yeah, for sure. I do have I, Illinois winning the championship as well, but I can see it happening. Yeah, and uh, I guess I think another we talked about this a little bit before uh, before we started recording, but uh, the Bama UConn matchup. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel I don't. I have a lot of confidence that UConn's going to make a little bit of a run. They have uh, James Bonite, who is I feel like this year's Kemba or Shabazz Napier, who can really take over in games if he's healthy. He had cramps in the tournament that kind of slowed him down a little bit. But I feel like he's good enough to kind of lead their team to a win over Alabama, who, again, could struggle from three and not be on the top of their game. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't help but think Kemba Walker when it, when it comes to James Bonite. I mean, averaging about 19 and a half a game. Uh, and when you have that guy in the tournament, because these games are all close for the most part. If you have that guy who can go out and get you a bucket, there's none better right now than James Bonite. I mean – the dude can just flat out score. And if, if he can take over a game like that, a team, team like Bama could, could really suffer. I personally have Bama winning as a, cause I do have them in the final four, but um, that, that's definitely, um, that's definitely a, a second round upset that could happen. And there's one more upset and then we'll transition uh, towards some higher seeds that I really want to talk about. It's LSU, Michigan. I have Michigan losing second round for this for for a few reasons. Isaiah Livers being out, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. That really concerns me. He's a senior, 6'7", co-captain, averaging 13 a game, good shooter from behind the arc. Not having him really hurts their offense, and I saw it against Ohio State. And then LSU can just really score. They can really put up points. Trenton Wofford had 30 against Alabama. Uh, Javante Smart and Cam Thomas are both really, really good scorers. Uh, and, and I know Michigan has a really stout defense. Jawan Howard's coached them up really well, but if LSU can really uh, open the floodgates from behind the arc and, and put up points, uh, without Isaiah livers, I think Michigan could be challenged. That is, that is an upset that I could really see happening. Uh, and they, in my eyes, they're the first one seed that will go down. I agree with that. I think they're the weakest blank when it comes to one seeds. They could definitely lose any of their games after the first round. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think, uh, and we we kind of harped on this a little bit. Losing that with with Fulkerson and and Livers, losing that big piece, losing a senior player like that, it really takes a toll. It takes me back to when UVA lost to UMBC. They lost DeAndre Hunter for the tournament to to an injury, and it really it had a bigger impact than you might think. Uh, but anyways, let's transition to some higher seeds now. You know, everyone, all the one seeds, the the Baylors, the Gonzagas, the Illinois, even even Michigan, those those teams get a lot of the attention because they are one seeds. But 
uh, there's some two through four seeds that really could could make a run at, at the title. Uh, what uh, teams in those range do you have uh, that are really dangerous that, that could potentially steal, uh, steal a final four spot from one of those one seeds? Um, coming out of the East region, I have Texas three seed making a final four run. About 10 years after Shaka Smart's final four run with VCU, I think he's going to do it again with Texas. Um, Andrew Jones, he's been a great leader for them, scoring the most for them. They Matt Coleman as well. He's been a very good player who had a great uh, conference tournament game. Um, I think they're a great team, and I don't think anyone in that region can really stop them, especially I don't think Michigan or FSU is going to be good enough to beat them. And I ha- because of uh, – I think Bama's going to lose. I think that will be their biggest competition. Um, they've had some pretty good wins. They beat Kansas twice. They beat Texas Tech. I think they're a really good team that can make it far in this tournament. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, with how Texas is playing right now, they can really knock off anyone again. Like you said, Matt Coleman, 30 points in that uh, Big 12 final championship game. I mean, he was just spectacular. Um, a team that I, I – I really want to talk about uh, there are a couple of Ohio state. I really liked how they played in the big 12 or in the big 10 tournament, rather beating Michigan uh, really playing Illinois close towards the end. And they were down 17 and came back. Dwayne Washington has got to be one of my favorite players in college basketball right now. I love what he brings to the table offensively. He is a shot maker. He can really make some contested shots from behind the arc and EJ Liddell. um, He's another really good player. For, for Ohio State inside, he can shoot the three ball. And I really like the supporting pieces around them uh, with C.J. Walker, suing. They'll get Kyle Young back from injury. Uh, that's a team that I have making the Final Four. I have them beating Baylor in the round of uh, – or in the Elite Eight. And I, so I really like Ohio State. Um, and a team that some people have kind of hopped off of, but I'm going to stick with them. And I know that they beat my Tar Heels in the ACC tournament, but Florida State is still a team that I really like. Uh, Raekwon Gray, 6'8", 260. He just has such a unique skill set, the physique, so similar to someone like Zion. Uh, I think he needs to have a, a big tournament to uh, to help the Sen- Seminoles get past a team like Michigan if they, if they had to play them. And uh, MJ Walker Sr., he can really shoot the ball well. This is a deep team who can shoot the three well. Uh, they can play good defense and then – I mean, Scotty Barnes, uh, freshman, I know he struggled a little bit offensively at times, but uh, he's just a very good all-around player. And uh, Leonard Hamilton's, I think they're going to, I think they're really going to bounce back from their bad game against Georgia Tech. So uh, I see FSU and, and Ohio State potentially making deep runs with, uh, I do have Florida State losing in the Elite Eight, but uh, especially Ohio State, watch out for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think a very a really underrated aspect of a successful March Madness run is having a good um, good centerpiece, a good guy in the middle of the floor in the paint that really takes control of the games. So I think a team like Illinois can make a run with Kofi Coburn, but FSU has that piece. I think that'll be a very important part of their run with uh, Copra Balsa, whatever his last name is. Yeah, Copravitsa. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of big guys in the middle, I'm glad that you brought that up. What are your thoughts on Iowa? Because Luca Garza, uh, he's gotten a lot of attention this year. He's, I mean, phenomenal player. Where do you see Iowa ending up in this tournament? Because I have my, I have mixed, mixed opinions on them. I don't have a lot of confidence in Iowa. Um, 
I have them losing in the round of 32 to Oregon, actually. I don't think they're as good as a lot of people might say, I guess. Um, I don't I mean, I don't know. I think they're a pretty good team, but they can be down or they can struggle in some games. They've lost a lot of uh, winnable games, I feel like, this year, and they've had a lot of their own struggles. Um, I think Luca Garza is a good piece, but I don't think he can do enough. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of confidence in the way their team is built. Yeah, I'm right with you there because, I mean, I was talking about this a bit yesterday, but is their supporting cast good enough? And, yeah, they have some good shooters, but they can easily shoot them out of games. Um, I mean, Jordan Bohannon, senior senior point guard, uh, Wieskamp is an, another good shooter. But if you have some good defenders, good guard defenders who can really lock in on those shooters and chase them off the three-point line, um, this Illinois – or not Illinois, this Iowa team can really be compromising. Uh, Garza can't do it all by himself. It's going to be up to that three-point shooting and um, – and as easy as uh, you can say that three-point shooting can take them a long way, one bad game can easily take them out. So that's definitely a team that I have on a high alert. I do have them going to the Sweet 16, but eventually uh, losing to Kansas. Um, so with that, we've talked about upsets, talked about some high seeds. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Give me your final four and why, and then we'll talk about tournament or, or championship picks. Okay, my final four, I've got Gonzaga. I have them beating Texas, then I have Illinois beating Baylor, and then I have Illinois beating Gonzaga in the championship. Um, I think Illinois just has too much going for them. They've got Io, they've got Kofi Coburn, which is maybe the best one-two punch in the country right now. It's tough to stop either of them when they're both on top of their game. They're pretty much unbeatable. Um, Gonzaga, obviously, are undefeated. They haven't really struggled at all this season. They've beaten everybody by, I think, double digits, I think. Um, They haven't really played many great opponents. That's why I'm hesitant to pick them to win the championship. They have some good wins against Kansas and Iowa early in the season. But you never really know with Gonzaga. They haven't made it to the final four before. I think they will this year, but I don't think they have enough to beat Illinois. Well, they made it to the championship game against UNC oh. a few years ago, but, uh, but you're right. They have come up short several times, like in the elite eight and that stuff. Um, oh yeah. Your, your, your other two picks were, um, were Baylor and Texas, right? Texas, yeah. Um, Baylor. They've also been pretty dominant throughout the year. They had some a couple losses towards the end of the season to Ohio or not Ohio State, um, to Oklahoma State and Kansas. Um, uh, yeah, they have some good pieces, but again, I don't think they have what it takes to beat Illinois. They are have been great all season, but I just think Illinois is much better. Or just that much better. And Michigan or Texas, um, I touched on them a little bit earlier, but I think that Shaka Smart is just gonna is gonna lead the team to the Final Four again. And I think they have enough with Matt Coleman and Andrew Jones leading the team. Yeah, and that's a really experienced Texas team. And you, I mean, when you have experience like that, who who's had some uh, some big time games and maybe a couple chances in the tournament, uh, that experience is is a big factor. 
Um, so I, I really like that final four. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with, uh, with Gonzaga and Illinois. They're both in my championship, but, uh, I've Gonzaga, I've Alabama. I am on the Bama bandwagon. I really like Herb Jones, uh, and, and all the things that you talked about, uh, with, with their three point shooting kind of, you know, it can shoot you out of games. That's very viable, but I just think they're playing so well right now. And I really like what I saw in the SEC tournament. They had a tough game against Tennessee. Tennessee really uh, gave them a hard time uh, for, for a good part of the game. But uh, those are games that you need to win to, to make it uh, to make a run in the tournament. And uh, Javon Quinterly is just fantastic off the bench for them. He can really score the ball. John Petty's a really good glue guy. Uh, Shackleford, I believe, had like 21 in the championship game. So they have shooting. They have defense. Those are two things I really like to see. And uh, with Michigan kind of being a non-factor in that bracket for me, I had a, uh, it was a really that was the toughest one for me because Texas was a really appealing pick, too. And uh, even Florida State. Uh, but I, then uh, towards the South and Midwest, I have Illinois and then Ohio State. And I touched on Ohio State a little earlier with Gonzaga and Illinois in the championship. And just like you, I do have Illinois beating Gonzaga. Um, I Like you said, I think Illinois has a lot going for them right now. Io and Coburn, really good uh, dynamic duo. But it's their supporting pieces for me uh, that really put them over the top. I talked about Andre Curbelo a lot yesterday. I love his game. So crafty. Uh, um, so good on the defensive side of the ball, has a good knack of just getting steals. Uh, Trent Frazier has a really good three ball. Um, Andre Miller or Andrew Miller, I believe is his name, uh, can really shoot it uh, as well for Illinois. So uh, they've got size in the middle. They've got uh, experienced leadership with Io. Uh, they have a star player who can take over uh, in Io Desunmu, and uh, they have the the supporting pieces around him. To, to really uh, get a good shot at this thing, but it's going to be hard because Gonzaga is just so good. Like Jalen Suggs, Corey Kisper, Drew Timmy, like do you really see a world where they, they go on this undefeated run? I, I mean, yeah, I think it could happen. They definitely have enough pieces, players like Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy. Um, I think, yeah, they're definitely good enough. It just comes down to that championship game against Illinois. I think that's the only team that could really give them many issues just because of all the pieces they have um but yeah i think it definitely could happen it's been a while since it's happened and i think they're the te- a team that could do it yeah i mean gonzaga this is a very different gonzaga team for me because normally in the past they've they've been really good all around they've had some really good players maybe like one uh like kind of Dominic got a key in on, but uh, this year they have three monsters. Uh, Jalen Sugg is a future top five pick. I love his game, uh, and Kispert's averaging about 19 uh, a game. He's a good three-point shooter. Um, so it's, it's going to be really hard to stop this Gonzaga team. And, and with their the draw that they got uh, in their bracket, they have already beaten the two, three, and four seed. So I got that. I thought that there was, that was a very uh, fortunate draw for Gonzaga. I think they have an easy road to the final four. Um, yeah. But a team like you said, a team like Illinois could certainly catch them off guard. I think a team like Bama could definitely give them a, a run for their money. But uh, you know, if Gonzaga does win it all, I won't won't be surprised. I, I do have Illinois, uh, like I said earlier. But uh, I mean, that'll be quite a season for, for Mark Few because I mean, he's a really good coach and he he certainly deserves a championship under his belt. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. Aside from that, I feel like we've touched on a lot. Is there any other big matchups uh, that that you want to talk about in your bracket that uh, that that uh, you kind of highlighted? Um, 
not really too many matchups. I wanted to mention that I am personally very low on all of the SEC teams. I don't have a single SEC team making it to the Sweet 16. Um, I have Alabama losing. Tennessee, I think, will have a great matchup with Oklahoma State. Uh, but I think Kate Cunningham is going to be way too much for them because if we don't score, he will, and that's very likely to happen. I don't think Arkansas or LSU have enough to win, but I think every one of them is going to win the first round, and then they're all going to lose in the second round. Very interesting in my bracket, but, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I mean, you've seen as much SEC basketball as anyone else uh, being being a Tennessee fan. Uh, and, and that's really interesting because I kind of had that same mindset with the Pac-12. I think it's a little more simple there because uh, the SEC definitely has some better teams. But, um, I mean, uh, that's, that's interesting to bring up because SEC, it's, a, it's been a little different this year. Um, and going to Oklahoma State, I want to talk about them a little bit. Uh, Kate Cunningham is, is fantastic. But uh, the, the main question is, do they have the supporting pieces around him? to to help him out when he's getting double teamed or if he's having a bad game um and for picking illinois that is a game i'm really concerned about i'm really concerned uh if Cade cunningham gets hot against illinois can they stop him uh my answer is yes but uh oklahoma state is the biggest wild card for me uh in this this entire tournament because i mean first round they're going up against liberty who's a really really good team um so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out and uh I have to bring up my Tar Heels a little, little bit, and I'll talk about that on my next episode, going more in depth there. But um, I think Wisconsin, we we definitely have a good shot at. But it's that Baylor game; it's a tough draw, in my opinion. Uh, I just don't know if we're going to be able to hang with Baylor's guards. I mean, Jailer, uh, Jared Butler, Macy O.T., Davion Mitchell. That's a, that's a really good trio of guards, and uh, I just don't know if we have that experience there to uh to necessarily contend with the Bears. So uh, it'll definitely be an interesting tournament. Very excited to get it going. Playing games are Thursday. Uh, Friday is when the whole tournament starts. So uh, any any last words that you want to add? Or uh... I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready. It's been two years in the making, and I just wanted to start already. Oh yeah, I mean, I I mean, right with you there. I it's 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 with all with the coronavirus kind of affecting sports the past year it's going to be really good to kind of to get this feeling back i know that there's gonna be limited fans and that stuff but uh everyone is excited for march madness if you're listening haven't made your bracket yet i don't know what you're doing go make a bracket it's all for fun uh but anyways thank you so much for coming on the podcast jacob this was a really really good episode really enjoyed going in depth on uh all aspects of the bracket with you and uh and if you've, if you've been listening this far, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I'll get you another episode in the next couple of days. Um, but I guess with that being said, uh, I will talk to you guys next time.